Welcome to Radiology Case Review, Ultrasound of Hashimoto's Thyroiditis. I'm Dr. Dan Colville from Radiologist Headquarters. This episode is sponsored by Samsung Ultrasound. The beautiful images that you're about to see were obtained on a Samsung RS85 Prestige Ultrasound Unit. I'm going to show three unique cases of Hashimoto's thyroiditis, highlighting key teaching points throughout. Let's start with a look at the normal ultrasound appearance of the thyroid gland. So here's a transverse view of the thyroid gland, which is composed of two lobes, a right lobe and a left lobe, connected by an isthmus crossing anterior to the trachea at the level of the lower third of the gland. The gland is normally homogeneously echogenic relative to the adjacent musculature, and here we see the overlying strap musculature, and lateral to that will have the more bulky sternocleidomastoid muscles. Posteriorly, you'll see the longus coli muscles overlying the anterior aspect of the vertebral bodies, and then usually on the left side, posterior of the gland is the esophagus that we can see there. These rounded anechoic structures represent the common carotid arteries bilaterally. Lateral to those vessels, you'll see the jugular veins. And it's often normal to see a few anechoic vessels within the thyroid gland that when we add color Doppler, you'll see there'll be flow within those vessels. That's normal and physiologic. And blood flow to the thyroid gland is similar to other superficial solid organs like the testes, meaning the flow will be more than that of the adjacent musculature, but less than that of the large vessels like the common carotid and jugular veins. All right, let's take a look at case number one. This was a female patient with a history of Hashimoto's thyroiditis diagnosed one to two years prior. So here we're looking at a transverse view of the bilateral gland, and notice how markedly heterogeneous the parenchyma is compared to the normal case that we just reviewed. Very heterogeneous with areas of hypoechogenicity and intervening areas of this echogenic reticulation, these bright areas. Also, the isthmus here, this band of soft tissue overlying the trachea, is thickened. It measures 0.4 centimeters. Generally, the isthmus will measure less than 4 millimeters. When we look at the transverse view of the right lobe, you can really appreciate that heterogeneity, and this lobe is also enlarged. Normally, the diameter of the lobes in the AP and transverse dimension will be less than 2 centimeters. Here you can see the gland measures 2.2 centimeters in transverse. On real-time imaging, we can better appreciate that there are these hypoechoic pseudonodules throughout the gland, again with these echogenic reticulations. This is also evident on the sagittal view of the enlarged right lobe, very heterogeneous. And notice all those hypoechoic pseudonodules scattered throughout the gland. Sometimes this is described as a giraffe pattern. The left lobe appears similar. You can see the normal esophagus posterior to the lobe. Also quite heterogeneous on sagittal view. And let's take a look at color Doppler. So compared to that normal study that we just looked at, you can see that the parenchyma is much more vascular than we would expect. Note the physiologic flow within the bilateral common carotid arteries. On sagittal, we see marked hypervascularity overlaid on this heterogeneous hypochoric parenchyma. Let's look at key points for this first case, and you can also find these in the episode show notes. So Hashimoto's thyroiditis is an autoimmune thyroiditis caused by antibodies to thyroid proteins. And it's seen most commonly in middle-aged females, much more common in females than males. And it can coexist with other autoimmune disorders, such as lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. This patient actually also had a history of eosinophilic esophagitis. And this disorder is also known as chronic autoimmune lymphocytic thyroiditis because the gland is infiltrated with lymphocytes and plasma cells that leads to a fibrotic reaction replacing the normal thyroid parenchyma. And as the parenchyma is replaced, the normal functioning tissue is lost, and that can lead to hypothyroidism. And Hashimoto's thyroiditis is actually the most common cause of hypothyroidism in the U.S. 
Hashimoto's also carries an increased risk of thyroid cancer, including thyroid lymphoma, which is normally quite uncommon. The ultrasound appearance will show a normal-sized or enlarged gland, particularly in the initial phase, as in this case we saw some thyromegaly, and the echotexture of the parenchyma will be heterogeneously hypoechoic. And it may have this appearance, as in this case, with these hypoechoic micronodules, usually 5 to 6 millimeters in size, giving this pseudonodular appearance, meaning that these are not true thyroid nodules, also known as a giraffe pattern. And studies have shown that this appearance has a high positive predictive value of diagnosing Hashimoto's thyroiditis, as high as 95%. And the color Doppler flow is variable. It may be hypervascular, as in this case. You might also see mildly enlarged, reactive, but morphologically normal lymph nodes in the neck. But they should not have suspicious features. You should see normal morphology. All right, let's take a look at case two. So this was a patient with a longer history of Hashimoto's, also a female with a 10-year history of the disease. So here again, we see a heterogeneous thyroid gland on this transverse view, the left lobe there, right lobe here, overlying the trachea. The isthmus, though, is more normal in thickness, measuring less than 0.4 centimeters. The right lobe is also not enlarged. It measures 1.1 centimeters, but notice that heterogeneous parenchyma. Left lobe appears similar. Now, when we look at the right lobe on sagittal images, you can better appreciate that there are these echogenic striations, these linear fibrotic strands extending through the gland, which also has a lobulated contour. We can see that also on the cine clip. Notice that lobulated contour with these intervening echogenic striations and an overall heterogeneously hypoechoic gland. So that's an appearance we can see in the later stages of Hashimoto's. The left lobe appears similar, heterogeneously hypoechoic in these echogenic linear striations extending through the parenchyma. And the color Doppler flow of this gland appears more within the normal limits. It's not as hypervascular as in that prior case. Here's the sagittal right lobe and the sagittal left lobe. And let's take a look at that final case, case number three. So this was a patient with a very long history of chronic Hashimoto's thyroiditis, also a female patient. Here when we're looking at the transverse view of the thyroid gland, it's difficult to see any normal thyroid parenchyma. We can see our normal landmarks. Here's the trachea. Notice the overlying strap musculature. And then lateral to that, we have the bulkier sternocleidomastoid muscles. Here are the common carotid arteries. And then laterally, the jugular veins. But where's that thyroid? When we focus in a bit further, you can see some ill-defined heterogeneously hypoechoic right thyroid parenchyma on this transverse view. Somewhat better delineated on this cine clip. Notice how ill-defined and atrophic that parenchyma is. On the sagittal view, we see a similar appearance, these ill-defined lobulated heterogeneously hypoechoic gland with areas of echogenic striation, but very atrophic. On the sagittal cine clip, you can see the same appearance there. There's the overlying strap musculature with a very ill-defined atrophic gland. The transverse view of the left lobe appears very similar, atrophic, measuring 1.2 centimeters at most, and very ill-defined on the sagittal view as well. When we had color Doppler, there's almost no detectable flow within the gland. There appears to be more flow in the surrounding soft tissues. And that's typical of end-stage Hashimoto's thyroiditis just due to the marked decrease in gland volume. So let's look at key points for those final two cases for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So that pseudonodular appearance is not always present. You may instead see these thin echogenic fibrous strands in a lobulated contour. And again, the gland is often atrophic in long-term chronic cases. In an ultrasound, it can be difficult to differentiate Hashimoto's thyroiditis from other forms of thyroiditis, and that's why blood tests are typically required. That often involves thyroid function tests to assess the thyroid hormone function. If the thyroid-stimulating hormone TSH is elevated, that suggests that the gland is not producing enough 
T4 hormone, and if the T4 level is low, that suggests that the patient has hypothyroidism. Another key test is evaluation for thyroid peroxidase TPO antibodies, as those are present in most patients with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Up to 95% of patients will have these antibodies, so that's a helpful test. Other thyroid antibodies are assessed as well, including antithyroglobulin antibodies. And treatment depends on the level of the patient's thyroid function. Hypothyroid patients may benefit from thyroid hormone replacement. All right, thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you found this educational. Thank you again to our sponsor, Samsung Ultrasound. If you like this lecture, please subscribe to the video podcast or on YouTube. To see bonus teaching material posted throughout the week, click the YouTube community tab or follow us on social media. Until next time, radiology is life. Radiology is life.